some of the latest polls in the news and the internet tell us that most in North America, including Christians, believe that there are many ways to God. 52% believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is no longer the only way to God. They believe in their mistaken understanding that humanity and that the thinking of man is acceptable to God and supersedes what God has ordained and established as the way of salvation through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. They believe that God can change the way of salvation and that their desires, which now reflect the, the lies of the God of this world, can change the way of salvation ordained by God. The God of this world is Satan and the devil. In the Bible, this is a fallacy. It is described in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, where it says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Christ and Jesus' sake. Don't be blind. See Jesus. The focus of this revival conference is, I saw the Lord. And the title of the message uh, this morning is, I've just seen Jesus and will never be the same again. Praise God. You see, the God of this world, which is Satan, the devil, has blinded unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. And, but we preach not what the majority of people think. We preach the truth. We're going to give you the truth. And beloved out there, yes, God is a God of love, but he is also a God of justice. So don't be misled. Don't be deceived. Christ, he is the truth. He is the light. He is the life. And there is no other way to God. The Bible says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed, accursed by God. Yes, this loving God will curse you who, don't, uh, who, who won't believe the way that God has ordained. Now, if there were other ways possible, then Jesus did not have to come as the Son of God to this earth. He didn't have to come to die. You see, but Jesus died for us, and he rose again, and he is the Son of God. But the devil tries. Satan makes us believe that the way to God is a different way. God is only a loving God. 
He whispers to many. He has preachers all over the world say things that are evil. Some say God will not judge. There is no hell, they say. Repentance is no longer necessary after the cross, they say. It's no longer necessary to ask him for forgiveness of your sins. Lies! They're lies. They're going to send you to hell. Don't believe those lies, beloved. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. All of those that are watching on YouTube and uh, on the technical devices, you hear so many lies and you start to believe them. And so the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, but I'm frightened, he says, fearing that in some way you will be led away from your pure and simple devotion to our Lord, just as Eve was deceived by Satan in the Garden of Eden. You seem so gullible, people. You seem so gullible. You go away from the word of God and you start believing traditions of men, words from men, thoughts from men, who say they're wise. Are you gullible? Don't believe it, beloved. Don't believe it. Uh, you see, you believe whatever anyone tells you, even if he's preaching about another Jesus than the one we preach, or a different spirit than the Holy Spirit you received, or shows you a different way to be saved, you swallow it all. There are deceivers now who have fooled many into thinking they are Christ's apostles. Yet I'm not surprised, said the Apostle Paul, Satan can change himself into an angel of light. You see, this loving God, at one time point, he must clean up again because he is going to create a new heaven and a new earth without sin, without evil. And so he will clean up mankind. And in Revelation chapter 9, verse 15, it says that four angels are released to kill a third of mankind. Do you read your Bible? Do you understand what is happening? Do you understand that this God will not stand for evil? He will clean up the world. Are you a Christian that reads your Bible? Do you read the book of Revelation? Does the book of Revelation enter your heart? Because if it does, and a third of mankind are killed, that's over two billion, two billion people. Do, do you have any broken hearts? Do you weep, anyone? for your family members, for your friends, for your office workers, for people down the street? Do you have a church pastor and the people living in circumference of your church and no one has ever visited them in the last 20 years or 30 years? Their blood will I require from your hand, says the Lord. 
Your blood will I require from your hand. Now, what are we going to do about this? Do not be misled nor deceived. And we need repentance. A brother of mine was arguing with me and he said, no, 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 you don't need to repent anymore. After the cross, everything is forgiven. And so I asked him, have you read Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3? What does it say there? Repent. Repent of loss of your first love. May I ask if you look at your spare time that you have apart from your work, what takes up most of your time? That is your God. That is your God. Do you have time for this? Do you have time for this? Well, yeah, I have five minutes a day, you say. I have five minutes to pray and five minutes to read the Bible. What about other things? What about other things that take your time? And so Brian Edwards, the great revivalist, said, we often have a tainted view of revival as a time of glory and joy and swelling numbers, queuing to enter the churches. That is only part of the story. Before the glory and joy, there is conviction, and that begins with the people of God. There are fears of godly sorrow. There are wrongs to be put right, secret things to be thrown out, and bad relationships with your spouse, with family members, hidden for years, to be repaired openly, openly. If we're not prepared to do this, don't pray for revival. You don't want to change. Make, make a circle around yourself. Start right there and say, God, revive me. God, help me to have first love. God, don't let me be lukewarm anymore. Lord, 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 these, these sexual things that come across the internet, that come across TV, that come across movies, they move me, they make me sin. I'm going to stop it, Lord. Before I come out of the circle, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. I won't go there anymore. With your help, Lord Jesus, I won't go there anymore. And so, beloved, in Revelation chapter 5, John saw the Lamb of God, this precious little Lamb that died for us. But you know that scroll that he was given? Do you know what's inside that scroll? Do you know when he opens up those seven seals, what happens? All things happen in this world that are described in this book of Revelation. They are yet to come in its entirety. 
but they have started it, beloved. We are now under the judgment of God in North America because so many have debased minds. Normal family relations are evil now. The other is good. Evil has come in like a flood. Money is God. The self is God. And so we don't have time for him. So, beloved, we need to see Jesus as the Son of God because he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, I am the victory. I am the victory. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. He will help you. He will help you to live this incredible Christian life. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will help you, beloved. And so, disciples in days gone by, they asked Jesus, how can we know, how can we know God? And so in 1 John chapter 14, 8 and 9, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. But Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? You see, in fact, we cannot know God without Jesus, his Son. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 to 28, it says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then Jesus said, Come, come, come all to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, the name of Jesus is powerful. Jesus is all-powerful. We cannot see Jesus physically with our eyes right now, but we can see him, beloved. And I'd like to discuss briefly four points for you to consider. We can see Jesus through the Father's testimony. And we can see Jesus through witnesses in the Word of God and the Word of God itself. We can see Jesus through true miracles. And we can see Jesus through salvation and then walking with him. Beloved, Jesus is a reality. We can see Jesus. Jesus is no longer on the cross. You don't need to weep for Jesus on the cross. He's alive. Praise God, he's alive with the Father. But weep for yourself if you're not following him. Weep for yourself to do his work and to do his will. Follow him. Follow him. And so point one, seeing Jesus through the Father's testimony. I had a life-threatening illness, and I was in hospital. A new nurse came, 
And I asked her what she believed in, and she says, I believe in many gods. I said, oh, tell me. And she said, well, uh, I've looked at Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam, and that god is the same god as the Christian god. So I cried out for higher help because I cannot answer those questions without his help. What I do is I take four steps. One, Lord, please cleanse me anew, because even on this day, I probably have fallen short somewhere. Please cleanse me anew. And the Lord's prayer says to be prayed every day, forgive us our sins. So I pray that. Number two, I ask for the Lord to fill me then again with his Holy Spirit, because if I'm not clean, he cannot fill me to the utmost. And we read that in Luke, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Number three, I cry out for higher help. I used to be a businessman uh, running a very large corporation. I made all the decisions. Now, now it is his will, my obedience. It is his leading and my following. So I ask him for help. And then I ask him to help me open up my mouth. So I did this very quietly and very quickly. And then what came out was I asked her, so what is truth? Which one of these four are right? Do you know? Because they can't all be right. And she says, well, I see what you're saying. I don't know what truth is. So I said to her, uh, suppose there's a real God would he not help us from heaven to tell us what is truth? If there's a true God, wouldn't he help us? And she said, yes, I agree. And so I said, you know, there are witnesses that record it, that God will help us to understand what is truth. And I said, there was a man in the Jordan River. He was being baptized. And I want to ask you, was this man Muhammad? being baptized? Was it Buddha being baptized? Was it Hare Krishna being baptized? Or was it Jesus Christ being baptized? And she looked at me and she said, I don't know. I don't know. And so I said to her, you know, then a voice came from heaven and God the Father spoke via that voice and said, this, this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Praise God. You all have the right faith. Praise God. Praise God. You all have the right faith because God spoke from heaven and he confirmed what is truth, beloved. It is his son. It is son, Jesus Christ. And later on, he said, follow him. And so this uh, dear nurse, she was so overwhelmed, uh, she took some tracks and she wept a little and she went downstairs to the gift shop of the hotel and she came back with a little angel and uh, she said to me, this little angel is to protect you, to tell the truth and to tell about Jesus. She said, why don't you Christians tell me about Jesus I never heard? I never heard. She then quit her job 
and she was so overcome by the presence of God. She said in so many ways, I've just seen Jesus, and I will never be the same again. Praise God. Point number two. The first point was, you can see Jesus through the Father. The second point, we can see Jesus in our spirit through witnesses in the word of God. And some of the speakers already mentioned some of the witnesses. And so uh, John the Baptist was a revered and honest man, acknowledged by the Jewish nation as a righteous man. He said in John chapter 1, verse 34, And I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. A witness written down 2,000 years ago, but it's recorded in this book, praise God. And then the Apostle Paul documented in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 7, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, so they all saw Jesus alive. He rose from the dead, beloved, praise God, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some had fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by the apostles. Dr. Luke was a medical doctor. He wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he said in Luke 1, I have recorded for you eyewitness accounts that you may know with certainty. You may know with certainty that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then the Apostle John was a witness, and it is recorded in John chapter 21, verse 24. This is the disciple who testifies. He's a witness. He testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. The Apostle Peter said in Acts 2, verse 32, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Peter testified that Jesus rose. He's alive. He's well. And all of the t apostles testified in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus in a great way. Great grace was upon them all, and they all testified, we have just seen Jesus and will never be the same again. And if you're here and you're a little downcast, you're a little discouraged, the fire is not in you the way it should be. Jesus can restore that today. And Jesus can change you today. Jesus, 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 you can say today, I've just seen Jesus and will never be the same again. And then there's a moving testimony in Mark chapter 16, verse 9. And Mary Magdalene, uh, out of whom Jesus had cast seven 
demons talked about seeing Jesus, and the song was written about that. And I'd like to give you uh, some of uh, these words of I've just seen Jesus. The song goes like this. We knew he was dead. It is finished, he said. We had watched as his life ebbed away. And we all stood around till the guards took him down. Jesus begged for his body that day. It was late afternoon when we got to the tomb, wrapped his body and sealed up the grave. So I know how you feel. His death was so real. But please listen and hear what I say. I've just seen Jesus. I've just seen Jesus. I tell you, he's alive. I've just seen Jesus, our precious Lord alive. And I knew he really saw me too, as if till now I'd never lived. All that I had done before won't matter anymore. I've just seen Jesus, and I'll never be the same again. It was his voice she first heard, those kind and gentle words, asking, what was her reason for tears? And I sobbed in despair, my Lord is not there. He said, child, child, it is I, I am here. And if you believe, then Jesus is here. If you truly believe, then Jesus is inside of you. If you truly believe, then Jesus surrounds you. I've just seen Jesus, I tell you, he's alive. I've just seen Jesus, our precious Lord, alive, and I'll never, I'll never be the same again. Praise God. And the song was written by Danny Daniels and Gloria Gaither and Bill Gaither. Point number three, we can see Jesus through miracles and walking with him in our lives. Jesus had said in John chapter 5, 36, but I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Praise God. Later, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 12, and 13, in solemn truth, I tell you, anyone believing in me shall do the same miracles I have done and even greater ones because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask him for anything using my name and I will do it for this will bring praise to the Father because of what I, the Son, will do for you. And I'm only going to mention some miracles to you from me personally that I have experienced personally and because they're true. These miracles were true. I had a poor pastor stay with me from Africa. He was taking care of 181 children that live on top of garbage. They have no food, they have no clothing, and they have no schooling, and he takes care of them. He ended up at my place. He didn't tell me what he was doing. And uh, he was rejected by uh, some people in America. And he lived with me. And uh, 
uh, then he wouldn't eat my food because the food was too rich. He couldn't eat the rich foods. And then later on, he told me what he was doing. And so we got him some speaking engagements. I asked him, Kennedy, how did you make it to the United States? He said, well, I borrowed $2,200 from the bank. I said, what happened? Well, the group that had invited me to come, they said their leader died, and they said, we now have no money for you, and we have uh, nothing for the children, so don't come. So he ended up in my place. And uh, I said to him, now, Kennedy, how are you going to repay uh, the debt of $2,200? And he said, well, I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus. And so uh, over a period of two weeks, we got him speaking engagements, and he was given $1,600. So he had $1,600. But it wasn't enough to repay the debt of $2,200. So on a Monday night, uh, on Friday, he was to leave. Uh, we were talking and praying, and I said to him, Kennedy, you're going home. You can't pay your debt. You have no money for the children. What are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to trust Jesus. And so I said, all right, if we trust Jesus, we better pray. We better tell him. And so we prayed, and then I said to him, how much money could you take back to Kenya? How much are you allowed by law to take in? He said, $10,000. I could take. So we prayed for $10,000. And then nothing happened all week. But on Thursday, I got a call from a couple that I had not known. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. I said, I can't come. I have a poor pastor who's leaving tomorrow morning. And they said, come anyhow. So we came and we shared love and the Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't talk about the children. We didn't talk about money. And uh, when we left, uh, the husband came running down from the hill. He said, wait a minute. He ran back up the hill behind the house to a shed. Uh, he came running down again with an envelope in his hand, and he pushed it through the window and said, here, this is for you. Now, I want to ask you how much money was in that envelope. Well, that's a good guess, okay? But how much money did he have, and how much money could he take? He had $1,600, he could take $10,000, $8,400 was in the envelope, you see. I've just seen Jesus, and I'll never be the same again. Pastor Kennedy asked me to visit him in Africa, and I did. And so we uh, spoke with the children, we worked with the children, and then we also went to visit the Maasai tribe. And uh, the, in the, uh, by visiting the Maasai tribe, we had uh, uh, given all of our money for the children. There was not much money left. We stayed in local African motels. And uh, they are small. Uh, they are full of mosquitoes. And you sleep underneath the mosquito net. And then Pastor Kennedy told me, and he said, you're going to be preaching... Uh, tomorrow and for the next two days, the Maasai are taking three days off work. And I said, oh, yeah, and uh, how often am I to preach? And he said, well, you will preach at least six times and very long times. <laughs> and I said, Kennedy, why didn't you tell me beforehand? <laughs> and I had three sermons with me. So I was at 5 a.m. 
in this little dingy African uh, motel with uh, mosquitoes all over, and I was underneath the mosquito net, and I was praying, and I said, Lord, I got to preach six times. I have three sermons. What do I do? A still small voice comes back and says, what is that in your hand? I said, Lord, it's a Bible. So the little voice comes back and says, so what's your problem? <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm in a room without much light, and I got to come out from underneath this mosquito net to study to have light. Lord, what do I do? And the still small voice comes back, do you believe the Bible? And I was afraid to answer, but I said, yes, Lord, I believe the Bible. The still small voice comes back, do you believe the story of Daniel in the lion's den? Do you believe it? And so I came out from underneath the mosquito net and I sat on this little table to study the word of God and I saw a cloud of mosquitoes come towards me to settle on me and without thinking, I just said, go away in Jesus' name. And they all went, poof, poof. Like a starburst. And they sat on the walls of that little room for three days and they wouldn't bite me. So you see, this Jesus of mine, and in his name, you can stop the mouth of lions. You can even stop the mouth of mosquitoes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and uh, then another day, I wasn't watching it, and I was so exhausted from ministry, I came into a very clean room and I thought, I'm okay. I just uh, threw off my clothes. Uh, we were uh, at, at the equator. It was extremely hot. I just threw off my clothes, and I fell on the bed in the sleep. And when I woke up, I counted 102 mosquito bites on me. And I could only count the front. And I'm only telling you that, that you believe the first story I told you, and secondly, God was merciful to me, a sinner, and I did not get malaria. I did not get sleeping sickness, praise God. And so, maybe I have to tell you one more here <laughs> from Africa. Uh, two years later, uh, the Maasai wanted us to come back, and we taught them how to witness, how to go and share Christ in the desert area, to go to huts, and start sharing Christ, and people got saved, praise God. And when I had to leave there, uh, they had to drive me over land with a car because there were no roads, and uh, when I went into the car, there was a small indentation, a small gully where I was to get into the car, and my foot went sideways, and a thorn sprang up, and a thorn went through my upper foot here in one side, and came up out the other side. And it was a poisonous thorn. And uh, because I wanted to give uh, all monies to the children, I hadn't taken out medical insurance. Uh, a hospital was probably 100 miles away. Uh, there was no way that I could be helped by anyone. 
And so we looked at this thorn, and so what do we do when these situations happen? Don't we have a great God? Don't we have a powerful God? And so we prayed in Jesus' name. How powerful is Jesus' name? He can help you to walk the walk, to talk the talk. He can help you in every life situation to do that which you cannot do yourself. He can help you. He helped me, the sinner here. He helped me. And so I took this thorn on the, on the thick end and I pulled it out in one swoop and it was poisonous. And I pulled it out. And beloved, three miracles happened. And I know these are hard for you to take, but believe me, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. The first thing that happened, there was no blood from either hole. The second thing that happened is that both holes closed up and we could not see where the thorn had entered the foot. And the third that happened is I did not die from that thorn, okay? I should have died, but I did not. And in fact, later on in New Jersey and in New York, a brother of mine who had heard the story, he said, there's a missionary in a hospital in New York. We got to go and see her. She has been comatose for six months. She was scratched by a thorn. She has not moved. And uh, so we went, and they let us in late at night, and we prayed, and we laid hands on her. She was like dead. She was like a white sheet. She had a red uh, a scar uh, right around her throat. And we thought she was dead, but we prayed in faith. But I know many others were praying, so I don't know uh, uh, which prayer God answered, maybe all of them. But this missionary lady today is alive and well and has no effect on her brains. Praise God. And so I've just seen Jesus, and I will never be the same again. And beloved, so many young people these days, uh, 50, uh, over 53% now, uh, an increase in suicides. An increase in suicides. Young people don't want to li live no more. They don't hear from true Christians they see their mom and dad fighting at home, and they say, I don't want this Christianity. There is no truth in my parents' life, so why should I follow Christ? Why should I follow Christ? And so they believe lies from the de devil. They believe that, that uh, God doesn't love them. They believe that they're burdened to their family. They believe that God would not never save them. They believe that God could never actually forgive them. They accept and, and imagine that there's no future and no hope. And so we spoke with a young lady and, and prayed and said, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Praise God. She did not believe she could be saved, and God saved her. And she could say, I've just seen Jesus and will never be the same again. And there are forces of evil all throughout the world that mislead us. And I was just with a young woman that visited a Hindu temple at the age of 18. 
after she left the temple, she started to hear voices asking her to kill herself. Uh, she hid those voices because she didn't want to be uh, uh, considered uh, uh, out of her mind. Uh, but the voices started to, to continue and to increase. She did get married. She had two children. But then the voices became so strong, and one day she grabbed a knife and she tried to kill her husband. Another day she took fire and uh, started to set the house on fire to kill herself and to kill her family. And so the husband uh, invited me to come to their home, and I didn't know this story. But we started to pray in Jesus' name. And then I was told the story, and we went against the devil. Now Jesus sent 70 disciples, 70 ordinary Christians. What did they do? Do you remember when they came back, the 70 ordinary, what they said? Even the demons obey us. What about all of you? Why don't you help people? Why don't you go against the evil one in their lives? Where's your faith? Where's your love for people? Go against the evil one in Jesus' name. Go against him. And so we went against the evil one in this young woman. And uh, uh, the devils wouldn't leave. And we prayed and we prayed. And I thought maybe we have to pray and fast first. But uh, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me leave. And so we stayed and we, uh, we told the demons, you got to go. You have no right to be in this sister because she believes. And then the Holy Spirit gave the way forward. And he said, ask her that she believes in Christ and that Christ is her Lord. And so I said to her, uh, declare to the demons in you that you belong to Christ. You are a child of the mighty God. You believe in Jesus and Jesus is your savior. And she grabbed her throat and she was being choked and she couldn't speak and she fell down to the floor on her back. And we continued praying for her. And the demons were choking her so that she could not say these words. And then, beloved, after a long period of time, she finally sat up. And with a clear voice and a clear mind, she said, Christ Jesus is my Savior. He is my Lord. I belong to him. I don't belong to you, evil one, anymore. I belong to Christ. Praise God. And so the unseen forces of evil and beloved wrong thoughts also can come to you because they came to Peter the Apostle. So always compare your thoughts with the word of God. Does it agree with the word of God? And if it does proceed, if it does not, reject the thought because it's from the evil one. And so a man in Mexico was set free. He came with a gun. He was demon-controlled. He heard loud voices in his mind, the devil telling him to do evil. And when opposing the devil in Jesus' name, two demons left that man. One demon was called Pablo. They left in Jesus' name, beloved. And so God is able, God is able to also 
heal us and our time is, is just fleeting by so fast. But beloved, I have seen Jesus help in physical conditions. He healed my heart, my own heart. It was beating 74% faster than it should have. And two doctors said, you must, you must, you must have operations. And I said, let me ask the Lord. Let me ask the Lord. And so I went to the book. And what does the book say when you're sick? Go to the elders. Go to the elders. Have the elders lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. And what will happen then? And the sick shall be healed. In Jesus' name, in my Savior's name, praise God. I've got this incredible Savior, okay? And so, anyhow, uh, what happened is my face, well, you think maybe I'm a strong, but I'm really just an ordinary, everyday Christian. You see, I went to the doctor in obedience, but I didn't have the faith, to be honest with you, okay? And yet, when... I had to go back to that cardiologist. The cardiologist said to me, I don't know what to tell you, but your heart is healed. Your heart is healed. Praise God. And I was as surprised as that cardiology, a cardiologist was. And how weak we all are, beloved. Our unbelief is so great. Our unbelief is so great. And now the other point is, uh, and we're going to go forward because uh, some people are even saved through visions. So we can see Jesus in dreams and visions. And when we are saved and when we walk with him, we will experience Jesus alive in our lives. But we must do the word of God. When we do the word of God, then even as my brother who shared before, he told you, God released him from a deadly situation, and he's alive with us today. And God can do the impossible, the wonderful, the miraculous. Praise God. So, uh, now the Apostle Paul had a vision of the risen Christ who asked him, why do you persecute me? And now in the Middle East, there have been many visions of a man in white, and Muslim are asking about this man, and uh, here is a story. A Muslim believer had a dream. A man in white was waving to him to follow him. He did not know who this man was. He did not understand. The same dream occurred night after night. He went to his Muslim cleric and asked him. The cleric said he did not know. But the miracle was, the cleric said, there's a missionary down the street. Go and ask that missionary. <laughs> and so uh, he went down the street, and the missionary explained to him that he had seen Jesus wave to him and to, to follow him. And the missionary explained the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for our sins, that he rose again from the dead, and that we can be right uh, with God the Father through Jesus Christ forgiving our sins, and adding us into that Lamb's Book of Life. So uh, today there are many more Muslims, and this is happening all over uh, the United States, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, 
uh, all of the nations in the Middle East. Praise God. Now, I was also saved through a vision, and uh, this is the final story that I'd like to share with you. I had left my wife. I had abandoned two beautiful daughters. I lived common law. I had been misused sexually as a child. So I know the pain that that brings to anyone here to whom that has happened. Uh, I was living deep in sin, yet I was also highly acclaimed and successful. I was teaching at the University of Toronto. Uh, I was later running a $900 million corporation in uh, Europe. And so I lived in castles. Uh, people looked up to me. People wanted to know uh, uh, from me. And yet, beloved, I was a sinner. I was deep in sin. I was on my way to hell. And so on a morning of uh, April 2004, I was half awake in my bed. All of a sudden, I was in a vision. I, in this vision, I was in a grave six feet down. The grave was neatly cut out on all four sides. There was a tree above the grave. There was a late afternoon sun. It was cold, and I said, what am I doing here? i got to get out. And so, beloved, I was lying flat on my back in this grave. And I tried to sit up, and I couldn't sit up. And when I looked at myself, here was this huge, big rope of sin from my toes up to my neck that held me in this grave. And I realized I couldn't help myself, so I started to call for help. But I couldn't call too loudly. I just called, help, help, help. Could someone please help me? Someone please help me! Someone help me! I don't want to be in this grave. And yet no one came. No one came, and the sides of my body started to turn into dust, and there were worms and all kinds of things coming from the earth feeding on me. And that moment I had a vision, a further vision, that I was on my, hell, uh, on my way to hell for eternity. I would be in this lake of fire for eternity, beloved. God is a loving God but he made a way of salvation. And so I saw, and I had been to church, and so I changed my call, and I said, God, God in heaven, if there's any mercy left for a sinner like me, would you send your son? Would you send your son, Jesus? Please come. Please help me. It was an eternity. I thought I would have to go to hell. But finally a man came at the bottom of the grave, and he reached into the grave. He put his hand around my neck. He helped me to sit up. And as I sat up, all of my sins snapped off my body. And I woke up that moment. And I knelt next to my bed. I had fallen out of bed. And I said, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you're the Son of God. Please, please forgive me for my sins. Please forgive me for my shortcomings. There's so many I don't know how you can save me, but you said you would. And so I beg you, please forgive me. I, I will try to make things right. And I, 
I, I won't try and follow you, but please help me. Please forgive me. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And so I beg you, Lord Jesus, save me, save me, save me, save me. In Jesus' name, amen. And peace flooded my soul, and heaven came down. Heaven came down. Heaven came down, and glory filled my soul. Because at the cross, the Savior made me whole. My sins are all forgiven. And now I am on my way to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And if you're watching in TV land, in YouTube, God will do the same for you. He will do it for you. Believe me. He did it for an unworthy man like me. And now you ask, are you following Jesus? Yes, I am. I asked those I hurt for forgiveness. I forgave those that misused me. I gave everything I had to the poor so that he might be seen. Don't look at this man. Look at Jesus and what he can do and will do in our lives. And so, beloved, we have come to the point where you could say, I've just seen Jesus, and I will never be the same again. I've just seen Jesus. He is, he is my Lord and my Savior. And so it starts with true repentance. It starts looking at yourself, because that's what Jesus said in Revelation 2 and 3. Repent, turn around from where you're at. Stop believing false doctrines. Uh, stop believing just things of man that man devise. Turn from dead works. Don't be dead in the seat of your church. Rise up. Rise up. You see how God used an unworthy man like me? You are all so much better. Many of you come from church families, from small up. God has greater works for you than, than for me, I believe. You see, he took uh, Mother Mary... She was a gentle girl. She had not done wrong very much, and, and yet, and yet uh, God used her as the mother of Mary. But she also said to Jesus, he is my Savior. Okay, praise God. And so you might, be, you might think you're pretty good. But might I ask you, even as my brother asked you before, is your heart weeping a little? For others that are going to hell? Is your heart weeping just a little bit for family members that are lost? Do you have any tears left? Do you have any emotions left? Is your heart hard like stone? Come to Jesus. Ask him to break your heart. Ask him to break your stony heart. Ask him to help you because you can't do it on your own. And the world teaches us to do it on our own. But you've got to have his help. You've got to ask him for help. So turn from sexual immorality. Turn from, from unbelief. Turn from lukewarmness. You can. Jesus, Jesus is willing to help you this day. He's able to do the wonderful, the incredible, uh, the merciful in your life because 
he said, I came to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then you can say with me, I've just seen Jesus and I will never be the same again. I won't be lukewarm. But you say, you don't know me. It's true, but Jesus said, he knows you. He knows you are a bruised reed, perhaps. In Matthew 12, 20, he said, he will not break you. And a smoking flax, he will not quench. If there's a little bit of light left in you, praise God. Jesus won't put it out. Jesus wants a bright flame to come up in your Christian life. He wants you to feel joy. And uh, the joy my brother talked about in reaching out to others, that is true joy. You see, I gave up all money. I gave up all riches because there's no satisfaction in that. No satisfaction. The Lord allowed me to experience abject poverty and abject riches. But neither, neither compares with my Savior, Jesus Christ, with my Lord, with my Savior. Praise God. Praise God. I hope that, that you perhaps will turn to him today. Perhaps you have thoughts of suicide. There's a prayer room over to the right when I finish, and anyone who would like prayer, would you please come? Don't go with those suicidal thoughts. Perhaps you're hearing voices to tell you to do evil. Jesus will deal with those voices, beloved. And perhaps you have uh, TV problems, internet problems, movie problems, video game problems, gambling problems, drinking problems, oppression on you, brokenhearted, betrayed, disappointed, abandoned. Your needs are not taken care of. Will you come and pray and let the, the Savior help you? Because my God is real. He's alive. He's alive. Glory to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He will help you. But you've got to believe that he will. And so, Heavenly Father, we now come to the end of the words that you have spoken to us. We thank you, your great God, and things that seemed impossible, Lord, things that seemed impossible, you will make possible, for nothing is impossible with you. And so, Father, I pray that you would renew every heart in this congregation today, Lord, that you would build them up in faith, that they would reach to Jesus and touch him and see him, Lord, and walk with him, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, help each one. Help each one. Let your light so shine through each one that this black world might see him. And so I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You will do the wonderful and the impossible through your son, Jesus Christ. And we give all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name.